0: Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is another Liberty from Captivity podcast. I am your host, Kelly Ward. Today is Wednesday, July 6, 2022, and this is episode number 13. And the title of today's show is Daily Warfare. In this podcast, I would like to share with you some warfare that you can apply to your daily lives. One thing that I have learned about spiritual warfare and deliverance is that not only can you command demons to leave your body and soul, but you can also wage war when they come from the outside. So let me just explain a little bit. When you open the door to the enemy, they can reside within your body and soul, but not your spirit if you are a born-again Christian. As you gain your freedom, you need to be prepared for attacks from the enemy from the outside. The enemy hates you because you are a child of God. One thing the enemy knows though is that many believers are ignorant of Satan's devices and they don't know their authority. As such, it's really easy for the devil to send attacks against you, but you don't have to take that from the enemy if you are willing to fight. So I want to share with you some things that you can apply to protect yourselves. And I have about seven items here. So the first one is praise and worship. It's important to enter into God's presence. Let's look at Psalm 100, verse 4, which reads Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. As we see here, it's important to be thankful. It's important to have a thankful attitude and also to praise him. Protection from the enemy isn't just fighting him, but rather it's your walk with God plus fighting the enemy. Thus, praise and worship are weapons. Jehoshaphat was a king in Judah after the death of Asa. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 3, that he walked in the previous ways of David. In chapter 20, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some Muonites set themselves at war against Jehoshaphat. He prayed, called for a fast in Judah, and they gathered together to seek God. He delivered a speech to the people to encourage them. A word was given from Jehaziel, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, telling them that the battle against this army was God's and not theirs. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20-23 through 23 is what I want to focus on here. And it says, So they rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and those dwelling in Jerusalem, Believe in the Lord your God and you will be supported. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And he consulted with the people and then appointed singers for the Lord and those praising him in holy attire as they went before equipped for battle saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. When they began singing and praising, the Lord sent ambushes against Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, so they were defeated. Then the Ammonites and the Moabites stood up against those dwelling from Mount Seir to destroy and finish them. Then when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, each man attacked his companion to destroy each other. So as you can see, worship was part of the process. Never underestimate the power of worship. And as you can see here from this passage of scripture, God turned them against each other and they destroyed each other. Also, remember the story of Paul and Silas in prison? acts chapter 16 verses 25 through 26 says at midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and the prisoners were listening to them suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were loosened so this is similar to god fighting on behalf of judah during jehoshaphat's reign and paul and silas were worshiping god and god set them free And I know that these might seem like miraculous things and I know that God can do anything, but I think the point here is that it's always important to start with praise and worship. That is always so important. Number two would be declaring God's word. And there's no better example than Jesus In Matthew chapter four verses one through 11, the devil came to Jesus, try to, to try to get him to fall. And it reads Then Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. And he had fasted for forty days and forty nights, and then he was hungry. And a tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be turned into bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of god throw yourself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning you and in their hands they shall lift you up lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone jesus said to him it is written you shall not tempt the lord your god again the devil took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their grandeur and said to him all these things i will give you if you will fall down and worship me then jesus said to him Get away from here, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and immediately angels came and ministered to him. I wanted to mention something here that's not in my notes, but in my studies as I was um, studying some of the Old Testament, I remembered something that all three verses that Jesus cited here was all from the book of Deuteronomy. So it's not just all the New Testament, it's the whole entire bible new and old testament that you can stand on you can use any of these verses to to come against the enemy anyway three times the devil tempted jesus and three times jesus quoted scripture back to him the enemy loves to run his mouth have you ever been in that situation i know i have plenty of times he has come at me and attacked me in so many ways particularly in my relationships and uh, it's very tiresome it's very weary but it only is as long as you allow him to do it. Anyway, when the enemy does this to you, you have to take the authority that Jesus gave you and quote the word back to him. The enemy hates that. As I heard from a, um, I think it was a message on Perry Stone's ministry. I forget the guy's name, but he said it so eloquently. <laughs> he said, put a sword in it. And that's exactly right. You have to use the word against the enemy. And when I say the enemy, I'm referring to the demons, not to people. Another thing is that there is power in agreement, as it is stated in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. As it is stated in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three are assembled in my name, there I am in their midst. I realize that this verse is referring to two or three believers gathered for Jesus, but the reverse is also true. People in the occult and witchcraft understand this principle very well for evil purposes. So the point is, don't be in agreement with the enemy or his lies. Be in agreement with what God said. And number three is the whole armor of God. Putting on the whole armor of God every day is very important. I think this occurs in two ways. One is your walk with God. The other is making daily declarations that you are putting on the armor. When I say your walk with God, I mean how we conduct ourselves. If we willingly sin, then we can get holes in our armor and we are not protected in those areas. I think the same could be same if we act in a way that is unbecoming of a Christian. So let's look at Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And that's so very important. The schemes of the devil. He's always scheming against us. He's always coming at us with something. And he will until the day that we go home. So we just have to know that while we are here, he's always going to be running his mouth. He's always going to be attacking us in some way. Continuing in verse 12, For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, having against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. To that end, be alert with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So there are several pieces to the armor in this passage of Scripture, and they are the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. And I also included verse 18, which says to pray in the spirit as well. I know that it may not necessarily be one of the elements that's part of the armor, but it's something that Paul finished right at the very end of it. And I think you have to use all of it together. So each element is something that you declare, but it's also how you use it. So let's just discuss each one, one by one. The first element of the whole armor of God is the belt of truth. God's word is the truth. We have to stand on his word and his promises. Being in agreement with the enemy represents an open door. So be in agreement with God and not the enemy. The second one is the breastplate of righteousness. We are only righteous in Jesus Christ, but we have to be obedient to God's word in order to properly wear the breastplate. Disobedience puts a hole in the breastplate, making it less effective. Number three is the shoes of peace. Peace with God is one of the most amazing things in our walk with him. I can't tell you in words. I just cannot express enough how amazing the peace of God is. And peace is a common theme throughout the Bible. If we don't have peace, there is usually a spiritual reason why. Perhaps it's anxiety, for example. And we are told in Philippians four verses six through seven to not be anxious, but to give our requests to God. Also, The gospel is something we should always be prepared to share with others. Freely you have received, freely you shall give. And I'm paraphrasing from Matthew chapter 18, verse 8b. Number four is the shield of faith. It's my belief that the fiery darts from the enemy are those things the enemy uses against us. For example, it could be lies, a personal attack against you, or any number of things. When the enemy attacks, your faith in God will have to sustain you. Even though you fight the enemy, you still have to maintain your faith with God. Number five is a helmet of salvation. You have to make Jesus your Lord and savior so that you can be afforded his protection. And you've probably heard it said that the mind is the battlefield. And that is very true. So you have to protect your mind with the helmet of salvation. Number six is the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Knowing his word and what to quote to the enemy is highly effective. While this weapon is extremely important and seems like the most important, applying the other pieces is crucial as well. In other words, they are all meant to work together. When you find yourself in a situation of spiritual opposition, quote some Bible verses to the enemy, he hates that. And just as a side note here, when I say that the sword of the spirit is important and that you have to use all the pieces together, Yeah, the sword of the Spirit works, but if you have a hole in your armor due to some other area of your life that you haven't addressed, let's say that you are knowingly in sin in some way. Well, I mean, yeah, you can quote the word to the enemy, but it's not really going to be all that effective because you have a hole in your armor, and he's going to come and attack and attack and attack until you repent and you close that door. So wouldn't it just be better to do everything that you can to make sure that your armor doesn't have any holes in it? And last, again, praying in the spirit. I realize that this isn't a piece of the armor, but Paul stated it at the end, and so I think that it's very important. Now that we have discussed each element of the armor, I will give you a sample prayer that you can use every day. I want to make this practical for you. So for example, you can say, lord i thank you for the whole armor of god that i may be protected from the enemy i put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness i am girded about with the belt of truth my feet are fitted with the gospel of peace i take up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy and i am armed with the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and i know some of the words that i used here maybe aren't exactly from the translation that i quoted I think some of it probably comes from the King James and the new King James. So the point is, if you want to change it up just a little bit, depending on your translation, feel free to do that. And you can personalize it and make it your own. The fourth item in our daily warfare is prayer. Another way to fight the enemy is through prayer. I briefly mentioned this as part of the whole armor, especially Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. And again, Paul stated, pray in the spirit always. Praying in the Spirit is an excellent way to fight the enemy. When you pray in the Spirit, otherwise known as praying or speaking in tongues, you pray in a language that you don't know. As you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, He speaks through you the perfect prayer. And it can be warfare. And the reason that I say this is because I want to share this uh, this short testimony. This was something that I shared, I think, in a recent podcast. I don't remember which one it is, but I will repeat it here because I think it's worthy to repeat again. I heard Everett Cox of Deliverance Ministries tell a story several times about a pastor who came in for deliverance. A demon spoke to the pastor and stated that he had stopped speaking in tongues for a few weeks and they had a vacation. I think this speaks to the power of praying in the spirit. And while we're on the subject of prayer, I want to state what prayer is not regarding warfare. Generally speaking, trying to pray away a demon won't work. The reason is Jesus gave us the template in the Gospels on how to cast out demons and how to deal with them. God expects us to know and understand how to fight, and as such, you have the authority, so you must exercise it. This means that, generally speaking, he won't make the demon go away through prayer. He can, but he usually won't. The fifth item in our daily warfare is Psalm 91 if you haven't read it i would encourage you to go and read it and it is a little bit long but it is absolutely amazing psalm 91 is one of the most amazing pieces of scripture for protection since it's so long i won't quote it here in its entirety but rather i will show you how to personalize it and you do that by making it first person here's an example of the first four verses i will quote the bible and then give you a personalized version and it reads He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall find protection. His faithfulness shall be your shield and wall. So you can say something like this to make it personal. Lord, I declare that I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You are my refuge and my fortress. You shall deliver me from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. You shall cover me with your feathers, and under your wings shall I find protection. Your faithfulness will be my shield and my wall. And if you want a full copy of this prayer, you can get a copy from the blog post for this show on my website. I also include the prayer for the whole armor of God as well. So just go to the website for episode 13 about daily warfare. And you can get a PDF version that you can use in your daily warfare. Okay. The sixth element of daily warfare is pleading the blood of Jesus. I said on a previous podcast that the blood of Jesus is like a spiritual atomic bomb. I got that little nugget from Dr. Michael Lake from the kingdom intelligence briefing. And I absolutely love that the blood of Jesus is still working today. It covers and wipes clean our sins. It protects us as well. Exodus chapter 12 is an Old Testament example that we can apply in this New Testament age. They applied the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. When the angel of death came, all of the Israelites were protected, but the Egyptians were not. So to apply this, you can say something like, I plead the blood of Jesus over me and my family, or I plead the blood of Jesus over my vehicle, or I declare the blood of Jesus between me and my electronic devices. And so you can use this over many situations. For example, maybe you go to the grocery store. Okay, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over this grocery store. Or maybe you go to somebody's house. Uh, maybe, maybe they're not Christians and maybe you go over to their house to visit them. Okay, before you go in, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over this house. And number seven is canceling demonic assignments. The devil has a hierarchy just like God. There are various levels of power within the kingdom of darkness. Since there is a structure, it stands to reason that demonic assignments are handed out against us. Hosea 4.6a says that we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So if we have this kind of spiritual intelligence on the enemy, then we can fight against it. We do this like anything else, and that is with our words. For me, I cancel demonic assignments generically, but I also cancel them specifically. For example, I could say, I cancel all demonic assignments against me. But if I see that the enemy is attacking me with something specific like fear, then I could say, I cancel all demonic assignments of fear against me. Look at the attacks in your life and start making a list and cancel them. Also, if God shows you a spiritual attack in advance, then cancel the assignment and follow his leading on what else to do. You can be preemptive. And that's partly the point. So in closing, several methods of warfare were discussed. And by the way, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but they are praise and worship, declaring God's word, the whole armor of God, prayer, Psalm 91, pleading the blood of Jesus and canceling demonic assignments. I recommend that you do these things every day. I apply them every single day. It won't make you a spiritual superman, but it will help reduce the attacks against you. Remember Paul? He was absolutely amazing, one of the most amazing apostles in the New Testament. And yet he went through many, many, many things, and he knew how to fight the enemy. The point is to fight with spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies, namely demons, and not people. Again, if you want a copy of the prayers for the whole armor of God in Psalm 91 in its entirety, you can download it from my website in the blog section for episode 13 titled Daily Warfare. And with that, this concludes today's episode. If you have any comments or questions, you can post them at www.libertyfromcaptivity.com in the blog section. Also, if you want to contact me directly, feel free to send me a message in the contact section or just send me an email at kelly@libertyfromcaptivity.com. at Have a great rest of the week and God bless you.
1: When life keeps falling And wonder where he is In all this mess He's right there senior not alone his light shines on the past that us from our faults and fears, giving us the peace that we so desperately need. is peace